Mario. Wow. Oh, guys, it's really too bad we didn't wait, like, I don't know, a couple months or something to do this bracket, because then we could have done the Mario movies. Oh, yeah, we kind of played ourselves. Oh, what a bummer. Yeah, well, <laughs> didn't you hear Chris Pratt? Mario's normal now. Yeah, and I don't, I don't <laughs> like, that's not going to be the best remake. We could do a worst remakes after, you know? That'd be pretty funny. <laughs> gonna be honest picking movies i forgot the idea was the best remakes and i just picked remakes you which know, we i never think is specified totally acceptable way to do that but yeah. with, <laughs> with that call out from alex hello and welcome back um we're the tough guy podcast i'm matthew i'm alex and i'm an adult man jake's birthday was yesterday <laughs> I, I've been an adult. I want to clarify. I've been an adult. He did have his. He um, is and has been a legal adult for several years. And wow, an illegal waited. adult for several more. Oh, Jake. Dox him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we got some Dox Jake in the chat, please. <laughs> for those of you that um, <laughs> clicked on this without reading what it is, uh, this is episode 51 part two of our remakes bracket um as alex was so elegantly talking about we picked remakes and they go head to head was it elegant was the way i talked about it elegant (laughs) okay you know jury's out yeah jury's still out on that (laughs) um we picked remakes we put them head to head uh, against the original first remake and then they go against each other it's a bracket baby (laughs) there's a bracket baby no no baby. We should make a born. mascot called the Bracket Baby. <laughs> the Bracket Baby. Um, <laughs> we can put it on all the T-shirts we're making. <laughs> and it's a legally distinct version of Boss Baby. Well, it's like the oh Jesus! <laughs> I was thinking of like oh, the God. King Cake Baby. You know what I mean? Or like the Mardi Gras mm. Baby. What what baby am I talking about? You could dress up a King, King Cake, Cake Baby as Boss Baby, baby. mascot. No, it's Is... way more cursed. Are the babies for Mardi Gras, are they like supposed to be baby Jesus? I think, yes. No, can you guys wow. look up New Orleans King Cake Baby mascot? Oh, God. <laughs> oh, my God. That's this baby might be as scary as the baby in uh, one of the American Sniper. Our, our second. No, in our second pair, in our second matchup for today. Which oh, <laughs> do, did you guys take notes on that baby? It's a scary I baby. Did. We'll talk we about it later. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Which speaking yeah. of what's in today's episode coming up first, we've got the departed verse. Um, it's original. <laughs> ben Affleck, was uh, that you? <laughs> Infernal Affairs. Um which should be a lot of fun. And then the second half of the episode, we've got secret matchup, secret, secret um, that we, we didn't just pick a few days before recording this. It's secret. No. Definitely didn't just pick one day before recording this less than 24 <laughs> hours before recording this episode. Secret, yes, I'm secret. watching the movie right now as we record this. Yeah, I can actually hear it in the That's background. That's going to be distracting. Um, so I guess hopping into the first matchup here, um, I pitched Infernal Affairs and the Depadded. Oh, spoiler warning. Oh, thanks. You. Thank you, Jay. Yeah, guys, spoiler warning and a little content warning. Uh, there is some pretty heavy depictions of violence in uh, the Departed and um, Internal Affairs. And there's also a lot of hateful language used in the Departed. Uh, so if you are sensitive to that, please keep that in mind. Um, 
Uh, we, yeah. In, Infernal Affairs. Internal Affairs is a Richard Gere movie where he sleeps with cops' wives. Oh, did I watch the wrong movie again? <laughs> Jake, did you actually watch <laughs> no, the kidding, wrong I'm movie? Kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Oh, uh, I'm I could see how someone um, uninitiated about the plot of either movie could think that um, they're, they're the same movie, man. They probably they're are the same movie. Um, so uh, we've got Infernal Affairs, which was released in 2004, directed by Andrew Lau and Alan Mack. Um, it, uh, the, actually, the original Infernal Affairs was 2002. Thank you. Uh, Sorry. I think the sequel was 2004. I grabbed the wrong. Sorry, because I, I looked it Oops. up and I almost watched the sequel. That's my bad. Um, <laughs> Infernal Affairs released in 2000. And, okay, I'm trying to read that. Infernal Affairs released in 2002, directed by uh, Andrew Lau and Alan Mack. Chen Wing Yan, a young police officer, has been sent undercover uh, as a mole in the local triad. The Chinese mafia, Laokin Ming, um, a young triad member, infiltrates the police forces, and years later, um, it becomes a, a cat and mouse game of who can reveal the other, find out who they are first, as um, the police inspector and um, a triad leader are sort of facing off head to head. Um, so this was the movie that inspired the Depadded, which. <laughs> I will introduce in a minute. <laughs> I forgot to ask you guys what you thought mm-hmm. of this. Um, it is roughly the same plot of both movies, functionally the same plot, but we'll get into the nuances in a, in a, a moment. I'm all over the place this morning. Um, Infernal Affairs is um, just like a true to heart um, Chinese cop drama. Um, it is a lot of fun to watch, but what did the uh, Tough Cup boys think of it? What do you think of this one, Alex? It's interesting. And it's hard for me to talk about this one without comparing it to The Departed, but I'll try to mm-hmm. for now. Which one did you watch first? <laughs> I watched The Departed first. Okay. But I think I should have watched. I don't know. If, I don't know which one looking back on it. I wish I had watched first. These movies. I'm, I'm going to try to not talk about them in, in comparison to start. I think Infernal Affairs was very good. Um, Love the narrative. I think uh, the characters are all very strong. Um, I think the moments that are different from uh, The Departed, I think, are well done. And it's interesting the ones that The Departed chooses to change. That's what I'll say for now. Okay. Uh, Jake, what about you? His is way more nuanced than anything I had to say. Uh <laughs> You know what I was going to say? I was going to say before, because I also thought it was 2004, and I was just going to be wildly impressed that they remade Pound for Pound, well, you know, yeah, a movie yeah. in two years. And of course, it, and that was just like, that's chill. And I was just thinking, what if in Hollywood they did that more? Like, people just really liked one movie, and then immediately <laughs> right after made the same movie. You know, but like different style or whatever. What would that be like? Yeah, well, I think some of that has to do with um, because a lot of people do not know, even though they say it in the credits, um, that The Departed is a remake. I think that that's like a yeah, because Scorsese's a hack. I'm not sure what that has to do with it. Um, <laughs> it's more about cultural contexts, I think. 
um, that this falls in line with a lot of Scorsese's um, uh, filmography. Um, so, you know, and, it, 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 you know, it was a big cultural touchstone in the early 2000s, at least from like a awards perspective. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So, you know, I think that that has some to do with it, that people just the American public was not aware of infernal affairs and um, that it existed. Yeah. I mean, Scorsese has more clout, you know? Yeah. It's kind of hard to like, it's going to be overshadowed, which kind of makes me feel icky in a way. Uh, like I, obviously he asked permission. I, I I would hope. And like, obviously he gave it in the credits, like the thing, but like, I don't know. It, it way overshadowed this movie and I don't really hear him talk a lot about infernal affairs i mean i i didn't go and listen to like interviews with him from the time it's very very possible that you know he lauded the original story right i don't know so i don't want to presuppose um yeah that's fair yeah regardless jumping to the other side of this matchup we've got the departed um (laughs) (laughs) um, released in 2006 uh directed by martin scorsese um it is the story of infernal affairs transported to South Boston. Um, instead, we've got the Irish mob. Um, the police have uh, one of their own infiltrate the criminal underworld, um, not realizing that the Irish mafia has done the same um, by sending one of their members to join the police force. And while the undercover cop essentially it becomes this cat and mouse game, as I said, with Infernal Affairs, or more like mouse and mouse or rat and rat uh, oh. game as they try to, to mm, ruin each other nice. out. Um, it's a good because the rat man's in this. That's a good A to B to C right there, Matt. Because <laughs> if you just said rat and rat yeah. game, no one would have gotten it. <laughs> but like cat and mouse, um, to, good. Good job. That's yeah, a good joke. They, thank you. That's a good joke. You should do it again. Um, I'm going to. No. <laughs> We heard it once. (laughs) That's all you need. Okay. Um, Okay. Yeah. uh, As they sort of race against each other to find out um, the identities of each undercover agent and it in spectacular fashion gets complicated. Goes really well and perfect. (laughs) It's a 10 minute movie. (laughs) They just wanted to get people doing accents. Um, And God, they do accents. Um, So for the uninitiated, (laughs) this movie has a very, very star studded cast um, of non Bostonians all doing like (laughs) heart of South Boston, like deep Bostonian accents. Um, It's pretty funny. Um, <laughs> oh, and they're chasing around microprocessors for a while. Uh, that's a, <laughs> you know, that's a part of the plot. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Jake, what did you? Oh. I just love it when. Well, I just, I yeah, I, I, I did. You know, I did enjoy this movie. As far as Scorsese's mobster movies go, it's not my favorite, but also he like no undoubtedly is a talented filmmaker. You know what I mean? Like it's. I, I may shit on him from time to time for funsies, <laughs> but he is a talented filmmaker. Um, and it, it does have like such a fun cast. It's a bunch of people and the accents are like just atrocious enough <laughs> to make me be like, I'm down. I'm down for this as long as it knows what it is. But I feel like I, I just get scared when people make like these kind of movies, their whole personality. 
And yes. that scares me. That, that, well, that was going to <laughs> yeah, be you know one of the things I was going to say is that this is, um, uh, I his, historically um, quite like, like monster movies and things of that sort. And I think that this is a little bit of a departure from some of those, but it is very much the crowd of people there, you know, that are like really into this movie specifically or like the wolf of wall you know yeah yeah um, yeah that kind of <laughs> wait okay i do kind of i have like a movie. pretty crazy non sequitur so i was doing a lockup on a film set uh on i don't know it might have been thursday or something and we're in the financial district of manhattan and uh a guy is trying to get past us and he's like i gotta go pay my parking meter and <laughs> he's wearing a wolf of wall street sweatshirt uh and he's like oh i understand you're on a lockup i get it and points to a sweatshirt and we're like oh did you work on the wolf of wall street and he was like no one of the guys in the movie was playing me and this guy was like what? ended up uh, his character he's like a, a redhead guy he was one of i think it's jonah hill's friends in the movie that's like the office next door or something so wait. he's like a side character in the movie wait He's like a big, Wait, bigger, you, redheaded guy. You met Rum Tub Tugger? Could be. Oh. Could be. Yeah, he... Um, what? Yeah, it was pretty wild. What? What? It was like, it was like actually crazy. When was this? Dude, you're going to make Matthew cream. <laughs> this was Thursday. Yeah. Like last Thursday. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, sorry to totally derail you. Question? Dude, he, you have any question to ask in the world, Matthew, what were yeah, you asking? What would you have asked him? I don't I don't even know, dude. Um what <laughs> I don't even know. Um it'd probably be last podcast related. Um whatever it is. Um be like, what is <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. What do Ben and Marcus smell like? <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's a, not joke. a joke. That's it's what Matt would ask. Um it's not a joke. It's a problem. It's <laughs> so fucking. So cool. anyway, I my thoughts on the my thoughts on the Departed. Um, I thought it was a good movie. I liked the narrative. Uh, I thought the characters were fairly well done. The choices that it made to be different from Infernal Affairs were interesting. Nice, Jake. Oh wait, Jake, did you give your thoughts? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm, I am. My brain is melting today. Um, sorry that I yeah, I didn't help by distracting departed. you with, with thoughts of Henry's <laughs> major financial interest. Yeah. Um, well, no, he's just a he's just a, a dude um, who's. Yeah, who was one time in a movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and um, no, he's a talented actor in his own right. Um, no, no, I didn't meet the actor. Oh, I met, you the, met the guy, the guy that uh, the, the character was based like off of. Oh, OK, less interesting. No. Damn. But still cool. Apologies to that. Well, no, was that guy an asshole? That guy was probably an asshole. In real I, life. I mean, he was, he was a, very nice to me. Yeah, you know, he's defrauding people mm, which is not always the case on the streets of manhattan yeah okay i was i was confused <laughs> i thought you said okay you did not meet henry sabraski you should have asked him for money anyway <laughs> yeah i bet this guy is obscenely um, wealthy um so i want to get into so what i think is interesting about these movies is the stuff that martin scorsese added because he didn't necessarily leave out that much that was in the original he just added stuff in my mind like he and then he shifted. So the one thing he shifted was that the the undercover cop was 
dating someone else in Infernal Affairs and in The Departed, the undercover cop is banging Matt Damon's girlfriend slash fiance, which is a fun, another like duality Um, thing. They're heavily more to be the one that impregnated her. But (laughs) because Matt Damon's character is impotent. Oh, really? Is that a thing? I didn't know that. Well, when he's like the day after, she's like, you know, a lot of guys go through this, like, you know, whatever. Like, it's heavily implied that he's impotent, Mm. which is why. Uh, that's a, sorry that's a whole other layer to that conflict yeah, um, that has like a there's a, a running theme of um fatherhood and the departed and for some reason fatherhood falls along moral lines because matt damon's character and um sorry to completely interrupt your thought no um, you're good jack and, nicholson um jack nicholson's character neither have biological children whereas implied Leonardo DiCaprio's character and then Martin Sheen's character have children or will have children. Um, it's why they like Martin Sheen brings up the completely what seems unrelated fact that he has a son a couple of times because um, mm-hmm. they're drawing this through line of um, fatherhood. You know, it plays mm-hmm. a pretty big thematic role where there's only surrogate fatherhood on the other side of the, the field. Yeah. I mean, mobster movies, it's all about fathers. It's all about family. daddy issues. The and family mommy issues. Yeah. Family. I'm surprised Vin Diesel isn't in this. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I don't know if you would improve that. Um, <laughs> I, I unironically disagree. <laughs> um, well, what we do get, we do get that sweet Marky Mark um that's true who i don't know if it's a great performance but man is it a funny one <laughs> he comes out hot it's a performance he comes out hot maybe in this movie. maybe not maybe go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> he definitely did cocaine on this set oh There's for no sure question um, about it yeah he was he was he's pretty funny um so the big thing i kind of want to bring up with these two movies obviously as you guys both saw the Departed has an extra 50 minutes of runtime. Oh, yeah, sure does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> to sort of build upon or add things in addition to um, the story that Infernal Affairs has. However, I don't know if like all of that is used super effectively for like the movie's themes and purpose. One of the big things that I think works really well is uh, in The Departed, they give a lot more development to the romantic interest in Madeline. Um, played mm-hmm. by Vera Farmiga. Farmiga. Thank you, Jake. Whereas in Infernal Affairs, the psychiatrist and the author girlfriend slash fiance is much less developed because um, they get a lot less screen time. Um, however, with that extra 50 minutes, The Departed also spends a lot of time creating a lot of different threads for theming. Um, and I don't know if all of that is to its benefit, like it gets a little bit tangled. Um, I mentioned a little bit about the the sort of string of fatherhood plays a big role in this film. Um, but I don't fully understand why fatherhood seems to fall along moral lines, at least explicit biological fatherhood, because bad people can still have children. So I don't fully understand like what hmm. they're trying to get at there. I learned a lot today. By comparison, Infernal Affairs is a much more streamlined version of this story. Um very, very acutely focused on sort of these ideas of identity and good and evil. Um, whereas I think the departed tries to take a little bit more of a gray stance on like 
who is bad and who is good. Um, they set that up super early on mm-hmm. with um, Nicholson's uh, quote of we can become cops or criminals when you're facing a loaded gun. What's the difference? You know, it's like at the end of the day, we're mm-hmm. all going to die. So what does it matter? Are how cops you live? criminals? I mean, they joke a ton about flagrant police abuse. Um, yeah. <laughs> the departed. <laughs> yeah. Ev- yeah. Everybody, everybody's bad except for, but the I don't tough think that boys. Thank you. We are, we're good um, boys. as a we're good follower boys. on Twitter told us, we are the only men that should be allowed to have a podcast. That is very Wow, true. did someone actually say that to us on Twitter? That's oh, yeah. incredible. Love that. Wow. Um, so I don't know what you guys think as far as what The Departed adds and what it uses that extra 50 minutes of runtime on. You know, like, what, where, where do you land? It seems like you get a in The Departed, you get a lot more about the like internal struggle from the undercover cop and the undercover gang member. You you get it some from uh, Yan, Yan, the the undercover cop in Infernal Affairs, because you see like, oh, he wants to get out like he was told three years. It's been 10 years. He wants to be done. It's not like safe mm-hmm. for him. Um, but you get so much more of it in The Departed, which I think is a good addition Mm-hmm. Um, I think it adds a lot to the characters and their struggle is a lot more mirrored. Mm-hmm. Um, as you see them going through it, you like that adds a huge layer to their characters and development through the film. But so <laughs> the weird thing to me, and there's not a ton of time spent on it, but it was like certainly added was like these like weird throwaway lines of like racism and homophobia in the departed. Yeah. That, like, it feels so weird to me. I get that like he's trying to establish tone and maybe like he's I mean, like, well, this is Boston. It's racist and homophobic. That's what I mean, it's like being a Boston cop. It's South but, Boston is markedly different than a lot of the rest of the city because it's much, much lower income and is primarily not like explicitly minority populations, but like it's like a large Irish diaspora. Um, and like there are kind of these important cultural elements not to say i think it's necessary like a hundred percent necessary but like i understand because there is some accuracy and truth to it it's like when he's renting his apartment if i'm not mistaken on my geography being able to see the state house like he's on the north end despite being a southie cop which is why the um realtor is like or buying his apartment i guess is like uh, you know he's it seems to be implying he doesn't think he can afford it because it's a big apartment he's a south side cop Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of um, setting of the environment that's going on with that again. Um, yeah, I, I, I like I get it. I just I don't think like I don't think it's necessary. There are other ways to establish like tone and environment. Yeah. yeah. Scorsese's definitely said some slurs in his day. Maybe you think he's going to sue me um, <laughs> for defamation of character? I, I don't know. Um yeah. I, Jake, I, yeah. do you want to be famous for being the guy that Scorsese sues? Kind of. I don't know. I, I've thought about it. <laughs> I've thought about it. No, so it's interesting. And I'm very curious what you guys think. Why do we see, like, with, like, mo- like you know, mobster movies, gangster movies, like, all this stuff, they always feel longer. And they usually are longer. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not, no, I'm not like bashing it that per se, but I am just curious as to why we like, I've never seen like a 90 minute mobster movie. Um, or at least I can't think of one off the top of my head. 
shorter like gangster movies definitely do exist. It's just the ones that tend to be remembered are the ones by filmmakers like Scorsese, who strongly prefers to make very long movies. <laughs> I want to like challenge him. I want to challenge him to make a 90 minute movie and see if it's good. Um, didn't he didn't he <laughs> or didn't he call his quarantine vlogs a short film? Oh, shut Did up. Did he really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they're very validating. It's like, hey, it's okay to not do anything. You can just exist. No, yes, but <laughs> <laughs> you could just exist. Meanwhile, I'm gonna make a short film. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which I do I think that the length of the departed kind of was what spurred this on is something I yes. grapple with a little bit. Um yeah. because I totally get where you're coming from. That especially watching it with the original inspiration, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's piecing out. Does it actually worthwhile use all of those 50 extra minutes? You know, do we need to set the tone and environment by having a like 90, 90 second long, like cop versus firefighter? Uh, they playing rugby. Yeah. Um, rugby match where he then um, proceeds to shout a bunch of homophobic slurs at said fireman. I don't know. I do think it, you know, it builds the character like they spend a lot more time digging into a variety of different characters in build up to essentially the ending, yeah. which these two movies handle their endings differently. Um, they do. Very different. What I'll say, though, about about like the build up of different characters, I think the moment in The Departed where Matt Damon like makes the choice to have his cops follow the like I don't the I don't He's remember the name like the Martin position yeah the captain yeah Martin Sheen Queen um like that is a much I think more interesting the that choice and that decision is has so much more weight in the departed because you fully understand that he is sending his men to follow him so he can frame him as the mole while also like figuring out who the undercover cop is mm-hmm. like in the departed. I feel like that that section of the film has so much more weight than it does in infernal affairs. But then at the same time, because the departed is such a fucking long movie, the movie goes on for like 40 minutes after that. And to me, that felt like the climax, like you have so many climaxes mm-hmm. in the departed because it's so long and they like take so much time to build up all these moments. And it just feels so, I don't know, off to me hmm. in a weird way. I don't know. It's hard because I like that moment so much more in The Departed, but because it feels like such a good climactic moment, the rest of the movie felt like, <laughs> why is this still going on? Um, are you saying you you don't love the um, heartfelt montage that um, happens <laughs> in Infernal <laughs> Affairs from moments that because at that point, you know, Infernal Affairs is not a super long movie. A lot of the it's like 100 minutes long. A lot of these things that happened in the past half an hour. Um, it's just like, wow, when they saw when we got together on that roof, when you you talked to me when I was just a cadet, it's like I felt that um, I, it's so funny and so cheesy. <laughs> I love how the emotional line that they choose to say after he dies is your birthday's on the 25th, right? <laughs> like that's the wow. best thing that they could get. Oh, God, it's so it's really bad. Um, but it's also like, I don't, sorry, go ahead, Jake. 
No, no, no. It was dubbing. It's past. It's past its momentum. Um, I don't know if you guys are fans of like Hong Kong and Chinese cop dramas. Um, yeah, they're great. But this movie is just like s- such like a, a the pinnacle of that genre. Um, I feel like one because it's like actually a good movie. Um, but it still gets some of the cheesiness in like that, like the wear your heart on your sleeve score where tense moments get tense music, heartfelt moments yeah. get heartfelt music. Um, right. You get the flashback remembering the good times. Um, that is just like so much fun to me. I will say, fellas, we might need to vote. Oh, God, is it that time already? Say your last big thing, because I still don't know what I'm voting for. So you convince me. Well, I don't. How am I going to supposed to convince you when I don't know? Convince both Wait, of us. Guys, I don't know. <laughs> Do none of us know what movie we're voting um, for? So I guess that's what I want to circle back to as like a final point of discussion. The endings of these movies, as I've mentioned before, they handle them differently. And I think some of it gets at the emotional core and like the biggest, most major themes these films are going after. So audience, if you didn't watch along with us, the big difference, um, the the sort of secondary climax, I guess, in Alex's mind, or maybe tertiary climax, The Departed makes the decision to have Marky Mark um, get the best <laughs> revenge kill of all time um, and shoot Matt yeah. Damon in the head. It's um, pretty metal. It's a it's phenomenal, good. phenomenal moment because they spend <sighs> so much more of that additional 50 minutes making you not like Matt Damon's character. Because he's like consistently betrays people. He is like not a great guy. Um, mm-hmm. So getting him shot in the head and then having a rat on the balcony. Cinema. <laughs> oh, I love the focus on the like little foot covers of Mark Wahlberg's feet, too. Because it's so good. He knows That's what he's funny. doing. Um, whereas in, Infernal, scene. in yeah. Infernal Affairs, they have it end with Inspector Lau survives. Um, and he is instead condemned to sort of this internal struggle of like constantly having to look over his shoulder. And is he truly ever out of that world? Is he truly ever going to be able to go straight? Is he truly ever, you know, will his life get better? So it's a much more internal conflict that we're left with. So they handle it. His internal affairs. Yeah. Richard Gere shows up at the end. Um, (laughs) It's crazy because that's the second time Matthew's accidentally made a cheeky like with the title because he did like internal. And then he said the departure is a or like the departed is a departure from blah, blah, blah. And I just like (laughs) clocked that. Thank you. Nice. Um, It's like Matt's really smart making good jokes. He's really smart. I'm kind of on it. And thank you for complimenting me so much today. Yeah. I'll what did you, you what did you think about these endings? You know, I mean, it it truly is as simple as it boils down to The Departed has a more iconic kill scene. <laughs> wow, is that your vote, Jake? <laughs> uh, I don't want to vote for Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I think if if I take a page out of Matthew's book and I'm philosophically consistent, <laughs> Philosoph- if you, you, your philosophical consistency is, man, I don't like Martin Scorsese. <laughs> well, I do have a favorite Martin Scorsese movie, and it just hasn't shown up yet. I'll get there eventually. You will, you will. And there's another one that I do tend to enjoy, but you know. So my vote for internal, uh, for, or sorry, infernal affairs, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I don't know what I'm voting for yet. You should I think you should just put Matthew in a blender here. No, don't do or that. Matthew, you should do it to no. Alex. Just vote genuinely. 
I think I'm going to vote also for Infernal Affairs. Um, in terms of remakes, I think Scorsese does a decent job. I think the things he adds for the most part are good, but I think some of the things he adds just don't need to be there and yeah. take away from it a lot. Nice. Um, and uh, taking a page back from my book away from Jake, um, <laughs> I'm take it away from also me. voting for Infernal <laughs> Affairs because as much as I love The Departed, I genuinely love both of these films. Um, and I think The Departed, as, I, I think the thing that takes away from it is he spends a little bit, he a little bit too much time for his own good to start pulling away from some of his theming um, to build other themes that I don't, that end up kind of half-baked, at least in my mind. Um, yeah. Whereas Infernal Affairs spends its time much more wisely. It's like, look, we have this tale about identity and good versus evil. And we're going to to lay that out for you just really well in a nice hundred minute experience. Um, yeah, which I will it's say like, it's like a fully baked sugar cookie versus like a half cooked cookie with like pretzel and chocolate chip and M&Ms mm-hmm. and a bunch of other stuff. Cookie. Yeah. Um, yeah, which I will say, though, um, at least the second Infernal Affairs is actually quite good. Um, it's a it's oh, a, really? It's a prequel. Um, and it, it's uh, worth a watch if you like the first one. Hmm. Regardless, Infernal Affairs advances. The Departed has departed uh, the bracket. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which brings us to the secret movie. Secret, secret. Our secret movies. And guys, let's just say we're still in a little bit of a Christmassy mood. So (laughs) our last matchup is between released in 2000, directed by Ron Howard. How the Grinch Stole Christmas, live action with Jim Carrey, going up against 2018, directed by Euro Cheney and Scott Moser, Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. This is the more recent animated Grinch with Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't think we were still in a Christmassy mood. I just thought we were really riding the high of Benny Cumberbatch (laughs) from the last Uh, episode. Could be that, too. Um, Yeah, I I wanted to talk more about that. Uh, interesting man, interesting man. <laughs> um, so start us off how the Grinch stole Christmas 2000 live action adaptation of the, uh, Google is telling me beloved children's tale by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> Sorry, just word green- Google's telling me that it's beloved. Uh, <laughs> uh, the green man, uh, is a who that nobody likes. And so he lives up in a mountain. And uh, when a young girl is like, hey, I like this creepy green man, he's like, hey, maybe I can be a good creepy green man. Uh, He comes down, uh, celebrates Christmas, realizes he hates Christmas, tries to steal Christmas and then realizes Christmas was the friends we made along the way. Uh, And his heart gets bigger and he has a heart attack and then he like saves Christmas, I guess. Um, Mm hmm. Mm hmm. What do you what's your relationship to this one? Because so this is an interesting matchup because we are not talking about the original Grinch movie. Mm-hmm. We are talking about two remakes and a remake of a remake. Um, yeah. So where do you guys stand with this one? Um, well, you know, I mean, fuck the original. Am I right? Like these two are objectively better, in my opinion. <laughs> like hmm. both of them. But. Yeah, I hear Matthew gurgling in the background. <laughs> but like <laughs> for me, my relationship with this movie is it's it's all Jim Carrey. It's mm-hmm, just yeah. Jim Carrey. 
this is Jim Carrey movie. This is Jim Carrey put on some green and he was like, I'm going to be Jim Carrey. Um, and I have no problems with that at all. And I love, <laughs> like, I love how this discourse has happened a lot uh, as, as, as we enter our, our older years where people are like, no, dude, I totally understand the Grinch. Like, I totally would want to be alone and have no one bother me up on a hill. And like, you know, he's like, what to do today? Like, I'll just lay in bed, cry, like, well, like, I get it, dude. I get it. It's a step beyond that. Here's my thing on that, though. Go ahead. I So I think, yes, I agree with that with Benedict Cumberbatch's Grinch, but I don't agree with that with, Jim Carrey's Grinch because Jim Carrey's Grinch lives like objectively in trash and garbage, which he likes. He eats broken bottles and glass. <laughs> I know. That's why I do not relate to this, this monster man. Well, I guess what, we've lived different lives. When I, yeah. Honestly, I've seen Jake eat some, <laughs> some crazy stuff. Um, I think including literally including glass. Um, yeah. Jesus, Jake. Um, Jake, why are you eating glass? I'm a madman. But the piece I wanted to throw out in addition is that I think another thing a lot of young people nowadays uh, <laughs> identify with is the the Grinch has a pretty strong anti-consumerist angle that he comes at it from. Yeah. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. And Cindy Lou Who, too, um, in both of these, seems to be a budding anti-consumerist. Yeah. Um, which like I think people can get behind like Christmas is so commercialized that someone to come shake things up and bring it back to its roots slap people up a few times yeah I get it no, 100%. 100%. Um, 100% it's anti-capitalist yeah yeah it is so this is going up against the 2018 Grinch this one very I guess kind of similar Pretty similar narrative. Grinch hates Christmas, lives up alone in a mountain with his dog, Max, uh, comes down every so often to get food. Um, Cindy Lou, who's like, hey, Grinch. And he's he's like, go away, little girl. And then he uh, decides he's going to steal Christmas. Um, there's a there's a neighbor played by Keenan Thompson there's who a, has a big Christmas party and he steals a sled. There's a yak. There's a yak. There's a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, they introduced a yak character named Freddy. Um, mm-hmm. he saves Christmas. He destroyed. Yeah, narrated, narrated by Pharrell Williams this time instead of Anthony Hopkins. Uh, Pharrell Williams does a, a bad bad job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what yeah. did you guys think about this one? I have uh, lots of thoughts. I'll I'll go yeah. first with this one. Um, so it's like not a bad film. Um, Love how that's the first indicator. However, Love it. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> however, um, I don't know if I've ever had the experience. This might be the first time watching a film that I'm just like, I can so clearly tell that this is primarily made for children. And I, I can like mark out the moments that are in there because kids would laugh at them. And um, I just think, you know, a little a little past some of. So the, I see you bits. didn't watch Hotel Transylvania three. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did Dude, not. Transylvania is so good. I don't give a shit, man. Uh, the third one is we'll a talk about hot the first piece of eventually. trash. The fourth one, actually, that just came out on Amazon Prime. Pretty good. You, how much do they pay you to say oh, that? So many. Uh, 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 so anyway, Jake, uh, what do you think about the Grinch? 
So top tier cinema. 2018 uh, <laughs> Same year as Suspiria. You know, it's uh, at 2018. least better than The Departed. We could all agree, right? <laughs> <laughs> the Departed. Okay. You know, interestingly, equally Catholic. <laughs> the, did you guys notice, like, in the, mm-hmm. in the new Grinch, they, like, sing Christmas characters where they, like, talk about Jesus and stuff? So that's something I wanted to bring up that like there's like objective existence of yeah of like <laughs> which of Catholicism in the Grinch universe yeah. like now. yeah like in in the other Grinches they like yeah they're celebrating Christmas but they don't like sing about Jesus Christ and they really do in this one it's it's like pretty wild also the Jackson Five yeah. Um, that when it makes a, a brief music of the Jackson Five. I was going to say like, the actual I don't Jackson know if I'm Five. With the fact <laughs> <laughs> that they're that they presumably exist in this universe. So in in comparing these movies, because um, they you know get to the rough same plot points, I I have some I have lots of thoughts. Um, I can't wait to hear them. I don't know if I want to save this for a little later. I, I'm I'm just going to come out the gate with this. The yeah. Grinches. We've got Carrie Grinch and we've got Benny Cum Cum Patch. Cumberback uh, Grinch. Interject, stop me if, if you guys disagree, but I get these strong vibes from each of these Grinches. <laughs> um, 2018 Grinch. I don't know why. I can't put a finger on it, but I think he would buy NFTs. <laughs> I think he would own NFTs. I feel it in my bones. I think he would have an NFT profile picture. Oh I, I, I don't know what it is, but but I feel that. Whereas 2000 Grinch, I feel like he's just got some some real like monster hog energy. Monster hog? Like. Is that what you just said? Are those oh, yeah. the words I just yeah. heard? Monster I mean, hog? Guys, if you really think about it, Jim Carrey's Grinch is packing heat, right? We all know. Yeah. It, and so I feel like it's that you've got a Grinch that would buy NFTs on one side and a Grinch with a with a thick hog on the other. Well, OK, you know what else sucks about it in in Jim Carrey's Grinch? He's like they they don't shy away from it. Like when he's not wearing clothes, he's naked. He's got yeah. a butt crack. <laughs> like yeah. he, he's naked. <laughs> he looks in, horrendous. In the doctor in the 2018 Grinch, there they cowardly made the decision to like have him put on green pants that match his fur. So he's like wearing okay, this is another very important point. All of the Who's wear normal clothes. Mm-hmm. And he puts on this green suit. Is he wearing the skin of another Grinch? Like, is that his uh, clothes? Uh, <laughs> is that what he's doing? They're taking they're taking a strong stance that 2018 Grinch killed 2000 Grinch and stole his skin. <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, what's up with that? I also think he had nipples in one of these scenes. Like, okay, hairy little okay. nipples. Okay, but guys, Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> deserves some credit for this performance. Like, have you seen Does the he? behind the scenes videos of him getting into this role? No, he's I, such I a haven't. fucking weirdo. He literally, like, he, it's the same thing he did with like Smog, where he's just like crawling around. Like, <laughs> oh my <laughs> god, that doesn't surprise me. Because he wants to be Jim Carrey. He wants his Grinch to be Jim Carrey, but it's not written. He mm-hmm. he had to do what he could with his voice because he couldn't do physicality. He he couldn't change the writing, so he did everything he could. And honestly, in my mind, not enough. He's not Jim Carrey. And 
he he did some research by buying some um, <laughs> NFTs. <laughs> I just I feel it in my bones. Also, 2018 Grinch, just to follow up on that. He was up there for 53 years. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Where was he during 9-11? much like marky mark if he was there he (laughs) would have gone differently um you know what would be the only thing that make this grinch movie actually better than the original or not the original the the jim carrey one what if it ended with him in a building and then it zooms out (laughs) (laughs) oh much like remember me or whatever that movie <laughs> That's a deep cut joke for someone wow. who's seen a Robert Pattinson romance movie from the early 2000s. So um, I've got I've got a lot of issues with the 2018 Grinch movie, guys. I'm not gonna lie. Hit us with some. Okay. Does it seem like Cindy Lou Who is gonna ask the Grinch to sleep with her mom? Yeah, but she I get that feeling. I, I thought it was kind of building up to she just really wants a, a father figure and the Grinch was going to like <laughs> marry her mother. I'll take one for that's, the team. I, <laughs> I kind of thought that's where it was going to. Right? Like that's what it seems like. And uh, I would pay to see that of, scene. Yeah, I knew also, uh, it's, uh, there's so much. Um, it sounds maybe yeah. <laughs> wait just while we're on that topic probably an off the record joke if there was a um <laughs> if there was a porn parody it'd be how an inch stole christmas <laughs> keep that in 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 and his penis grew <laughs> his penis grew three ten times probably really good cringe porn out there i'll say it Oh, we're not going to dig into it. We'll, we'll cut that thought out. I just had to share it when you're talking about the Grinch. Oh slamming. no, we won't cut it out. It'll be in the podcast, but we're just not going to dig deeper. Um, did you guys feel at the end when the Grinch is at the party and the Grinch gets to cut the roast beast that he, when he was like, wait, I have to say something first that he was going to lead them all in prayer. <laughs> Cause I really no, I felt that. that. I felt that uh, deep in my core. I like how in 2000 Grinch. He's still like the same, despite his heart growing three times yeah. that day. He's still he's like still the, the same sarcastic at the dick. end. Yeah. yeah. Here's my thing, Which I guys. just think is fine. I, um, I'm sure you guys have heard the news recently. And I'm actually really glad we chose the Grinch for this reason. Um, y'all seen what they did to the green M&M? No, what'd they do? What did they do to the sexiest they M&M, Jake? Boots away? They made her less sexy. They literally took away her sexiness. Yeah, I saw it on Tucker Carlson tonight. Yeah. Yeah. It's a joke. It's a joke, but I do think he did talk about it. No, he did talk about it. He said the liberals won't stop until every candy is not fuckable or something. He is such a pathetic man. Um, Yeah, but here's the thing. The green M&M deserves to be sexy. And the de-assification of the green M&M reminds me a lot of what happened here with the Grinch. You Both think greens. 2018 de-assified. Yes, 110%. I think the OG Jim Carrey is so sexy and so unabashedly him 
so does Martha. Martha Martha wants to get in there. Exactly. Hell yeah. The sexiest who wants to do the sex with the Grinch. What's that say? Yeah, and I just think to deassify the Grinch is a crime and I just won't stand for it. Wow, is that is that a vote, Jake? That's a hard vote. Wow. Okay, so my housemate just texted me while I was doing this saying, are you talking about the green m M&M? <laughs> <laughs> and now? Uh, that's podcast good. Is that's good. always relevant, baby. We're bringing in um, modern stuff. That was really good. That was really good. Thank you. <laughs> um, they're not all winners. But they're all going in. <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have any other thoughts on... Mostly 2018 Grinch because I get a vibe that it's not long for this world. No, it's um, not. It's simply not. I, I will say mm-hmm. I do think Max is very cute. Um, yeah. I think he gets a Max lot of characterization well in the 2018. Dog, yeah. Even like, you know, he has wants and desires. He wants to to whip around in a fucking sick ass ride um, with the <laughs> okay, Grinch riding I'll shotgun. Say- there are also a lot of like unexplored themes that they like throw out there and then just ignore, like Max being jealous of uh, the yak when the yak makes a good cup of coffee. Like I, it, it, it's like there, but then like forgotten. I don't know. Literally. OK, I'm going <laughs> to I know I started off by saying it's not a terrible film. I stand by that. <laughs> Children would probably like it quite a bit. It literally could have been like 40 minutes long. Um, oh, yeah. Like if half this was the movie should have just been shut out, cut out. Yeah, I agree. Like the yak yeah. nonsense, basically not important at all. Like they spend so much time just like talking about random stuff. Like let's do a wacky hijinks. And I'm like, this literally doesn't need to be in the movie. Okay. Uh, here's my one thing. So much money though. I have, yeah. I have, I have two things to say. One, okay. I think that 2018 Grinch is a hundred percent a product of the studio that made it illumination studio mm-hmm. yeah. on the dominions. They do secret life of pets. Mm-hmm. They don't make right. good movies. They make profitable movies that are very specifically tailored for kids. Yeah. Also 100%. said viewing these movies as heist movies. I <laughs> think the 2018 Grinch is far superior. You like, right. and I know that the, the original Grinch is not, or the, the live action Grinch is not trying to be a heist movie, but the, the 2018 one, I think, actually does a pretty good job if you're viewing it specifically from that lens of here's the plan. Here's the justification. Here's the plan. Here's the uh, like what we're doing. Here's how it goes wrong. He, like they really kind of dig into that. And it 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 does make the movie better. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. Yeah. And I also like I didn't hate watching this but i just knew it wasn't for me you know what i mean (laughs) i think yeah i think that's where i'm coming from too jake like like this is like when uh what was that other movie we watched where it just clearly wasn't for us which one the waitress waitress yeah (laughs) or yeah waitress (laughs) you know i do think waitress is a functional Here's an important question because we're never going to talk about this movie again, I think. <laughs> never. Um, Not once. Benedict Cumberbatch as the Grinch versus Benedict Cumberbatch as Khan. Who wins Con, in a Con, fight? Con, Con, in a Con. fight? In a fight? Um, 
Well, okay, so I think we have to consider well, twenty eighteen. Yeah, sorry, twenty eighteen Grinch seems pretty indestructible. We, we well, also yeah, gotta, animated characters. It's kind of op. We got to consider two other things as well. He is like an inventor. Like he builds crazy mm-hmm. gadgets. So He's smart, you know, like maybe he could build a device, which Khan is also super smart, which is kind of a problem. Well, mm-hmm. supposedly, supposedly, <laughs> you just see him punch we people. Never, we instead. never see it. We're just told that he's smart. Yeah. Um, Khan. Um, so in like a, a, you know, maybe it's like an indestructible force meets an uh, wait. It, yeah. Unstoppable force, force meets, meets an, an immovable object. object. Maybe it's like that, you know. Right. Um. Well, OK, OK. Honestly, that kind of just answered it for me, because in my mind, the Grinch is not the unstoppable force. So Khan is the unstoppable mm-hmm. force. And the Grinch right. is the. But the Grinch is not the Grinch is not an immovable object because his heart grew three mm-hmm. sizes. Right. The The Grinch was a moved was moved, you and know, because Khan um, would not move. He would inevitably crush the Grinch's head in his hands. <laughs> yeah, right. Sick, dude. <laughs> I want to see that. Honestly, I would pay to see that. If we, yeah. what color do you guys think the Grinch's blood is? Do you think it's green? Probably. No, I think it's black. Mm, it's goo. Oh. Um, yeah. If, this is the part <laughs> where, is, yeah. if we had some dark, an, like talented animators in the audience to make a sick ass <laughs> Con vs. Grinch fight, a sick animatic of Con vs. Yeah. Grinch, I'd, I'd voice like, it. Attack. This is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Like screw attack, like a like a death battle. That's so funny. Um, um, we should so just should we, yeah, yeah, we should, should we actually vote now? Um, I have nothing more like gainful to say. <laughs> I just have like little things okay. I could continue ripping into. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. save and that's why I'll save my good comments for later. Go ahead, Jake. <laughs> well, that's why I'm voting for the 2018. <laughs> just kidding. There's no way I have to stand up for the sexy Eminem. So I'm voting for Jim Carrey. He's the cringe. I promise that sentence makes sense. Um, <laughs> I can go next. I have more thoughts, more things that need to be unpacked before I can let it rest. Uh, the, the 2000s Grinch. We haven't even started to unfurl some of my deepest thoughts on it. So I'm voting for that one. And I am as well. That's three votes for How the Grinch Stole Christmas 2000s. Jim Carrey moving on. Which means we have to bid a fond farewell <laughs> to uh, or not so fond farewell to 2018, Grinch. to 2018 Dr. Seuss's The Grinch. Um, so coming at you next episode, we've got Star Trek Into Darkness versus Suspiria 1977 and um, Infernal Affairs versus um, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. It should be um, an interesting one. It should be a lot of fun. You know, we really promised in our episode zero that we would, you know, put movies against each other that had no right being compared. And uh, this bracket, I think, is this bracket is living up to that promise a hundred percent now. Imagining the world where it was The Departed versus Grinch 2018. (laughs) (laughs) We should have a loser's bracket for sure. That'd be pretty funny. Um, with that, if you enjoyed the show, um, go follow us on social media at Tough Cat Pod. Um, we're on all of your favorites. We're totally going to be posting a bunch of letterbox reviews soon, so go read those. I think we're funny. <laughs> uh, um, beyond that, um, I don't know. 
rate and review on all of our all of your <laughs> favorite podcasting platforms. We're on all of them. Uh, there is something really charming about you saying, I don't know, like, do what you want, guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, if you like this little thing we do, like, I don't know, smash that motherfucking like button. I, I don't know. I don't know. If, if you want. Um, yeah, if you want us to keep <laughs> doing this, we're going to do it regardless. So, I'm sorry, you're stuck with us. Um, Matthew was saying that to Alex and I, not to you, audience. Yeah, no, that's a yeah, direct we're stuck with him. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, can't stop you're locked show. in here with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I don't know. Send it to uh, <laughs> someone who hates capitalism. Hell yeah, yeah. I just that is. love. I, I, we've gone into a trend where like Matthew kind of like is doing the outro, but he kind of keeps going and I know that I can save him. I know that I can jump in and say something, <laughs> but it's just so good. You know, he'd be like, I, I, I don't know. Guys, uh, uh, <laughs> you, you'd think after 51 episodes of doing this and however many I've been doing most of the outro myself, I would have a plan in my head. Um, but it's just so fun. <sighs> Yeah, that, that's life. Con, take cover, child. That's a call. Do you think that's the Grinch saying it to Cindy Lou Who? Do you, I'm Ooh. not going to go there. I was going to say, do you think the oh, Grinch would the Grinch would kill? I think both Grinches would kill. Yeah, I think Jim so. Carrey has killed. Yeah, <laughs> I agree, and the I Grinch agree. that he plays has killed as well. I also think Benedict Cumberbatch is killed. Oh, yeah, but in like a weird psychopath way. Uh,